0: This is Baja SAE Shop Talk, the official podcast of the Baja
1: SAE series.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to the third episode of Baja SAE Shop Talk for the 2018 season. We are here with cost judges Alex and Matt and longtime technology developer Mike Seaman, who has been on this show plenty of times before. Today we're going to be talking about the new cost module, which is... Alluded to in the rules, but today we're going to be giving some details about what that means for teams, as well as what you guys can expect, a little bit about the philosophy of why we're moving to a different system altogether. And I think answering some questions that I know for a fact you guys are having because you're asking us in the collegiate competitions email. So hopefully we'll get some answers. And by the end of this episode, hopefully you'll have a better idea of what to expect to come for the 2018 season when it comes to cost. So First, thanks, guys, for joining me. Um, I know a lot of the teams have met Matt in his role as cost judge over the last few years. A few got to meet Alex in the last year or two when he was uh, helping out in that area as well. So thanks again for joining us. And I just wanted to start off a little bit at the high level where we can talk about the the philosophical shift that we're going to be going through this year and in the Baja world when it comes to cost. This has been a situation that has continued to grow and evolve over the last few years. And I think we're finally at the point where we can talk at a very high level about where we think cost is going to be going.
0: Sure. Thanks for having us. Uh, we, uh, I guess we can start with uh, the high level. Why are we doing this? Um, I think uh, everybody who's ever participated in the cost event uh, for Baja up to this point has probably... Had a lot of challenges with the excel document and the template that we've required up to this point i think some people have had worse experiences than others a uh, few teams have had a very bad experience because uh, something went wrong uh, either because they did something they didn't know was uh, uh, kind of a corruption of that file or, or a violation of that template format um, or or something that they thought was okay um, and, and uh, didn't understand Excuse me. Would, would cause a, an issue. So,
3: it's not a mystery that Formula has uh, has pioneered a lot of this cost module. But I wanted to wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I don't want teams in the Baja realm to think that that we're just doing this the Formula way, and that the Formula way is just better here. Uh, but I do want to point out that just like in Baja, where we have had. Uh, the right people and the right desires and the right sponsors to come together and really innovate on some of the technology side and make some cool stuff that we didn't have before, take some of the old processes and make them better, make everybody's life a little easier. Um, Formula has put in a lot of effort like that, sort of like Baja did on the scoring technology side. Formula had the people and, and the sponsorship and the ability to look at the cost module and say, you know, this is important. This is, this is really important to manufacturing and to engineering design. And say, we, we want to give it an event and a mechanism for capturing the cost and scoring cars on the cost that is really uh, appropriate to its value to the industry. And uh, if we take away the cost event, then, then people can do whatever they want. And there's this, you're in this dreamland where everything doesn't, the cost of it doesn't matter. And we all know that's not realistic. And so its cost is a nice balancer for, for all of the things we do, and it's very realistic in, in the world. And so Formula said, we need to give that a, a good way to be a part of this engineering design competition. And they focused a lot of effort on thinking about the cost event and how it would be fair. And one of the things that they... In the, on that team evolved to was the concept of a global catalog. They're like, we can't do this stuff where you can buy steel in India for this and in China for that, and in the U.S. it's this. Like the idea that we need to take that part out of the equation was a was an early realization on the formula side. So there's a there's a lot of good stuff that we have helped formula design. And we've been involved in that the same way that my team has been involved in, in the scoring technology for Baja. And what we think we have is we took their concepts, and we made it into something that was really good, and that would work for a bigger world than just formula. So in a lot of the designs in the formula cost module, Baja's influence, and and we were thinking in the back of our mind, what, what would do what would we do if we were doing this for Baja? Uh, so it was really more of a a mixing of all of the series concerns and and desires and all that went into this creation and then formula did it first and they've worked out a lot of kinks and stuff in it so baja's really able to take advantage of all that investment from the formula side and and to take that and move forward with something that is way better for us than what we've had in the past and so i think it's a great success of how the different series can actually help each other because we're actually very similar.
0: And I, I think it's uh, it's not only an improvement uh, on on the, the, the fairness and the accuracy, or maybe accuracy is a bad word, but getting that content out to, in such a way that it's much easier to compare and make fair evaluation uh, from team to team. But it also, sh- this direction should make the process easier for the teams themselves. And it's uh, probably no secret, I think I've mentioned before, that it's also going to make our process uh, and our our workload on the uh, judging side different, but hopefully also easier, so that we can so that we can focus on the things that matter rather than uh, a lot of the paperwork things that that uh, I think the cost event, at least in Baja, has become associated with. So those are some of the the background reasons for uh, trying to make a change uh, to get away from the Excel document and the template that you've seen before.
2: So before the podcast, we were talking a little bit, and Alex, you mentioned that there is some similarities in the documents that you see in your work every day and what we're going to be rolling out here. Yeah, I
1: think I think this is another neat aspect and a added bonus is that in, in my job as working as a OEM for an OEM and designing building materials and designing an entire vehicle from the top down, the hierarchy of the system really follows what we're doing in industry today. And so I think this is a chance for the students to just see how major manufacturers do this process, how they build a build materials, how you structure a machine build. So that way it makes sense. And as you go further forward in your career, you'll say, oh, I'm familiar with this system and it's not a shock to you the first time you see it out in uh, the real world.
2: So not only are students this year going to be dealing with a new philosophy shift kind of from the you know the old Excel spreadsheet into this new global catalog system. There's a whole new world and technology piece behind this that's going to be new to students as well. So gone are the days of the Excel spreadsheet and we have in the macros <laughs> that have bit so many teams like like Matt mentioned. Terrible macros. Terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> macros. <laughs> now that we have addressed the philosophy, we're going to go into a little bit about what teams can expect whenever they log on to the cost module for the first time, what they are going to be asked to do with the new tool. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Matt? There's going to be a little bit of a shift change there mentally too with how students will be now building their cost report.
0: I think it's going to be... Uh, a- a- In some ways it's going to be similar to what you're used to on the excel uh, template so the the car is kind of broken down into systems so you can kind of think of the top level as the whole vehicle which uh, one one added benefit for uh, future years is going to be that you can actually carry over vehicles from one year to the next so for instance uh, you're gonna you're gonna create a 2018 uh, car for this year, so you have a vehicle level definition. The next level is going to be systems. That's what you're used to seeing in the Excel file. It's kind of the that, that first page that has a breakdown of those systems, uh, and each one has its own tabs. So under that under that system level, uh, the next level is going to be an assembly of parts, so for instance, you may have a, a pedal set, um, for instance, in, the, in either brakes, uh, and then under that pedal set, you'll have parts associated with that. So that's kind of a pretty simple breakdown or hierarchy uh, of the entire vehicle. So everything should fall into one of those levels. And um, so it's going to mirror the Excel template in some regards, um, like that. Inside of those parts or assemblies, you'll have a breakdown uh, of material. You'll have the uh, fasteners that are associated with that assembly, if, if it is an assembly. Um, every, every individual part is gonna have a material that you associate with it. And then it's gonna have processes, just like you used on your form B you're going to actually have a process uh, laid out for each individual step that you took to manufacture that part based on a raw material volume. So that's, uh, that's kind of similar to what uh, everyone's seen, but it might not have been very clear uh, in, uh, in what was in the Excel file. So that's kind of what would be a better definition at this point. So you'll be drilling down and creating all of that. And then back to the vehicle level, uh, one of those big benefits of this is that if, uh, if you're using, say, a component in 2018 and if you fast forward to 2019 and you're going to use a very similar uh, component assembly, you can actually carry that over. Uh, you can carry that entire vehicle over to 2019 and make those changes that are necessary for your 2019 vehicle based on what you did in 2018. So for those teams that are repeating uh, from one year to the next, it will save you a lot of time uh, in the future. So it won't be a benefit you'll see this year, but but certainly something that will help either you or your, your protégés down the road uh, for the following years.
2: So how will teams handle if they're going to multiple competitions? In the past, they created one cost report and put it out there as you know each, each competition had their own car number listed on the same cost report. How will we be handling that moving so forward? Guess
1: what the teams will see is their vehicle and the name, and they have the option of either creating copying a vehicle over, if they have different tires or different numbers even or whatever, they can copy that car over and just make the changes for that competition. And then that vehicle, will then, they can then choose which vehicle they tie to which competition.
3: One thing to add there yeah. is uh, if basically the same car is going to all two or three competitions, then you just make one vehicle and you tell the cost system, hey, this vehicle is going to Uh, Baja, Maryland as car 17. And this vehicle, the same one is going to Baja, Kansas as car 77. If there are differences, like maybe you have different, uh, you have several cars and, you know, you're I guess we don't really do that in Baja, right? You can't bring your old car. No, not anymore. Uh, but if you, no. but it, yeah. Now that we don't do floats or any of that stuff, there's really not a significant cost difference. So you're probably not going to see a lot of differences between.
0: We do have the capability of creating separate vehicles to go to separate events. So in Alex or in Mike's example, you might take uh, car 17 to Maryland, and and uh, you would create a definition for that vehicle, and then. Uh, for the Portland event, you might take car number 77, and for that event, you might take different tires, and so you can actually modify. You can copy that car over uh, for car 77, which is attached to the 2018 Portland event, and you would uh, you would then just modify the tires to reflect whatever change you would have for that particular event. So there, while it's not as common, it, uh, there are teams that do choose to make differences uh, between one one event and another, and that will actually that will reproduce or uh, take the space that you would normally have been for the event-specific tabs in the, the template. That situation will go away, and you'll be able to handle it by creating a separate vehicle that, like Alex said, you will attach to each individual event.
2: Yeah, we might even see a few more teams using that option, Matt, of sending different vehicles to different competitions, simply because we've removed the option to have more than one car at a competition. So. For teams that do truly run uh, an upper class team and an underclass team, they may be able to use their same team structure uh, simply just adding a a new car, building a new car within the cost module. So I think that... um, It'll be interesting to see how teams use that option this year. That's a good point. I didn't think of that.
0: Yeah, actually, the current system doesn't handle that very well now, to be honest. We we get a bit confused on the back end when we realize that there's two... Uh, Let's say Pitt State has two different teams or or two different vehicles, and it's uh, difficult for us to distinguish prior to the events during the judging process, uh, which car is which, and uh, are these possibly the same car? Are they a different version of the same car? So this will be actually a good way for us to be able to distinguish that and evaluate it.
2: Let's circle back around to the systems conversation. These are already going to be defined for students so they don't need to worry too much about that but do we want to talk a little bit about that at a build level
0: uh, sure one one bit of good news uh, on the whole is that we're going to start to pare down the, the systems that don't have a great comparative value uh, for us so for instance we are going to eliminate uh, from the costs event entirely the safety aspects uh, so for instance you won't everybody has to have a, a set of safety belts um, in the vehicle. But as it stands now, or has up to this point, we, it, it's sort of the, who can find the cheapest uh, safety belts? Um, and so you can, you know, swing yourself 10, $15 one way or the other. Um, but uh, but for us, looking at it from from the, the big picture on the judging side, that's really not a benefit. So we're, we're actually deciding to pull out some of those sections entirely. The safety is the a, is a best example there then some systems actually we're going to pull out uh, for this year because we want to try to tiptoe into this maybe a, to a certain extent so there's some sections for instance the body section uh, is one that we've already identified that we're going to pull out for this year we're not going to tackle that um, just so that it's easier for the teams um, kind of reduces the scope for everyone uh, both on the student side but also for the judging side uh, so we can make this transition a little easier for everybody so we'll we'll pull out the the body section uh and maybe a few others that that we'll make it come back and revisit later uh, to reintroduce back into the into the cost event uh, but just certainly not for 2000, 2018.
3: so moody do i understand you right when you're saying the uh that this year none of the teams will have to include anything that would fall into the body system in the cost report at all we're just not even going to ask them for it and then. Uh, Maybe at some point in the future, like a future year, we uh, we, we bring that back in. That's what you meant. That's right. right, that's
0: what I was looking for.
3: Okay, cool. So even less you gotta fill out this year, guys.
0: And we've got a list of we're we're uh, we'll publish that, but basically it'll be it should be evident in the in the report when you get into the cost module. So you'll see some sections that you may have noticed in the template in the past, but you don't see any at this point. So if you don't see a, an area for that, you don't have to worry about entering.
2: So, whenever students show up into the cost module, and they're going to build a system, can we talk a little bit? We've alluded to this, the idea of this global catalog, a couple times during this conversation. Do we want to talk about that in depth and give students a preview of what they can expect?
0: Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's bring up one excellent point uh, that comes from the global uh, catalog. Um, Everyone's used to creating that PDF file that gives their their cost documentation that shows that when they pick out that tire and they say they use this tire on the car, this is the MSRP that's associated with that particular tire. Um, The good news is that um, you will not be required to uh, provide that documentation from this point forward, so no more creating a PDF file that takes you forever that maybe has uh, difficult things to read, that didn't get uh, identified the price, or you maybe put in the MSRP wrong, you put in a discounted value for that instead. Uh, We're going to negate all of that with this global catalog. So that's uh, good news for the students, good news for us on the judging side. Uh, It's not really bad news, but uh, the the flip side of that is that we have to actually get that documented and make it to where everyone has access uh, to that catalog. And if it turns out that what you're trying to add to your cost report isn't in the catalog currently, um, then we have to get that added in. And not only for you to be able to use, but also for other teams to be able to have access to as well. So uh, the, we're, we're backloading uh, a lot of that now uh, and getting that catalog built such that uh, a lot of the past data that you've used uh, in previous reports for the last couple of years is actually being entered in already. Uh, but inevitably we're going to run into those things so uh, one thing that we would really encourage is everyone uh, as soon as we get this uh, available to you please take some time to start entering that in over the course of uh, a couple months uh, so that you don't wait till the end because inevitably you're going to run into those things that need to be added and one thing that you'll do is submit uh, maybe that receipt that that documents what what you have so you still have to do that but uh, you'll only have to do that in a couple cases where those things are missing, hopefully, and uh, those things will have to be approved. So uh, the the big pitfall here is waiting till the last week before the cost report to submit all of those things, uh, because we will have to review and, and enter all those in. Um, and it, it'll be very important this year uh, because you know, it'll be the first time we're trying this, uh, and then the hope is in future years we'll be you know eliminating those things slowly, slowly, so that there'll be just a slow trickle. We expect this year that there'll be, you know, things that you may want to put on your vehicle that that uh, or that you are putting on your vehicle that you want to add to your cost report. And those things, uh, we'll have to make sure we get those in and and come to a, a cost associated with that component or that part that uh, is a fair MSRP price that can be used not only by you but everyone across the board.
3: If you're browsing the material catalog and you notice that we don't have the right shocks that you're going to use or you notice that the wheels that are in here, like the ones you want to use, are not listed in the catalog. What you're going to want to do is fill out what we call an add item request. And there's a button to do that. And you're going to have to give us some information, like maybe a a link to where you would buy it online or description of the price and all that stuff. And it's going to go to Moody's team and they're going to be able to look at that and hopefully get it turned around for you pretty quick and and, uh, get it processed. Now, when, when they get that, they're going to look at it and they're going to try to decide what to do, and they might tell you an outcome that's one of a couple of different options. One is they might say, "Look, I, I know that you have this little this little bracket that you want to buy, but we're, we don't really want to enter the bracket into the cost catalog because there's so many things like that." And so they might one of the results they might tell you is, "Hey, look, we're not going to enter this in the catalog, but you should cost it as student built, cost it as student made." So go in and build a small assembly for it that says, I'm going to take two pieces of angle iron, I'm going to weld them in the middle, so I've got some material, I've got a process in there, um, and now I have my part. And I never had to actually add it to the catalog because I was able to construct it using things that were already in the catalog. So that's one possible outcome that Moody's team and the cost judges might tell you is we're not going to add this, but we're suggesting that you cost it as student-made. One of the other options is they might look at it and say, you might say, hey, I, I have these really fancy wheels and, and they're not in the catalog. What do I do? Uh, so you go and you get your fancy wheels and you, you send it to uh, the add-on and request. You fill it out and the cost team might come back to you and say, you know, you're right. It's not in the catalog, but we're not going to add it because there's a generic type that covers this. It says, we don't have your fancy wheel, but we have wheels, comma, high performance. And we want you to just use that. So, that would be an example where the cost team says, We're not going to make you wait on us putting it in. Just go ahead and enter it. And rather than putting the exact name, use this existing material instead. So, that's a second possible outcome for your add item request. And of course, the third one is is the obvious. They look at it and say, Yep, this needs to go in the catalog. So, we're going to need to go research it, figure it out, figure out a, a fair MSRP for everybody. And then we'll add it to the catalog. And once it's in the catalog, then you can keep going and go ahead and add it to your vehicle. So I think that covers all of the three possible outcomes of, of a request. And um, so, the, again, the best thing to do is don't wait. Uh, the sooner you can get started on all that stuff, the better. Because if you if you overload the cost team in the last two weeks before you got to turn it in, uh, it's not going to be pretty, so get started on it as soon as possible.
0: Uh, one other thing that I mentioned about the plus catalog is that there are some components that are actually uh, scalable. Uh, so, so for instance, the simplest example is a piece of rubber hose. Uh, so you, we don't have a piece we don't have a, a, a line item in the cost catalog for uh, a piece of quarter inch hose that's five inches long. And then another line item that's a piece of quarter-inch hose for six inches long. Uh, what you'll actually find is a, a line item for rubber fuel hose, and that rubber fuel hose will have some parameters that are that are associated with it. So you can give a, a diameter for that hose, and then you can give a length for that hose, and uh, then based on the parameters you give, there we have a formula in the background that actually calculates a, con- a consistent cost for that particular fuel hose. That, um, that will generate that cost for you automatically. And you don't have to go through and pick you know, one of a billion different variations of fuel hose. So, so be prepared for that as well. Another uh, good example of that is fasteners. Fasteners are, are obviously, uh, would be a, an extensive list if we were to delineate every single potential. So an M6 uh, or a quarter inch uh, socket head cap screw will have a, will have a size in terms of diameter and it will have a length and those two parameters will define that uh, faster which then defines the cost of it so uh, just be prepared for some some of the components that you're looking for to have uh, some parameters associated. And
1: for the uh, material cost as Matt was saying with the option of length put basically you either sort of put in what the volume of the part is or you can also put in the mass so if you have an aluminum block that you're starting with and you just weigh it you can put that in, and, and that can both be in either metric or in the uh, empirical system based on how you guys would like to enter it, um, and the system will take care of all that on the backside. And the key is with this material stuff, especially machined parts, we want you to start with what the raw is, so, so what you have to, what you would need to start to machine that part with, not what the final weight of that part would be. Yep, I think that's an important thing because a lot of teams like to
0: to to use the volume or the total material that's in the finished part. But obviously, everything that you machine away uh, and remove is uh, something that's at an actual cost associated with that component.
3: I'm glad you brought up the uh, the parameters, Moody, because that is a difference. And, uh, and and you know, I think uh, some teams might look at this and go, "Oh my gosh, they're going to try to recreate McMaster in the sky and have every possibility for every bolt and every tube and every everything." And and in a way, yes, but it's done smart. Like you just said, uh, there's actually not that many fasteners because when you take all the parameters into consideration, all I have to do is tell the system, hi, I, I want, a, uh, a grade eight bolt. And then I say the length, I say the diameter and I'm done. So any, any grade eight bolt of any size and shape I, I can do that with. Now there's a different one for grade 12 or whatever, but, um, I think that will it'll really make sense once you're in there. There's a lot of help built into the system to help you look up those things and to remind you what the parameters are and, and so I think it, I think it's gonna be really cool. We've got a lot of good feedback from the teams that have used the system so far. In the formula series where we have been using this for over a year now, they were coming from a spot that was not, not based on Excel but but still not quite as good as, as what we all have now, and they were thrilled. So I know that the Baja teams are going to be really excited. Yes, it's different, but it's better, and you're going to like it once you get in there and start using it because it's going to make everybody's life so much easier.
0: It's really important, uh, again, to, to make sure that you're you're sort of getting an opportunity to look at this uh, maybe, uh, like Mike said, a week or two, or more than a week or two before the, the actual due date. So let's uh, maybe talk about that due date. Um, this year, we're, we are uh, pushing for a... March first submission time as your due date for submitting the cost report. Uh, you'll do that electronically, and that will be via Mike. They still have a. They still have to actually submit it through the cost module, and then we're asking them to submit it again as an Excel document. Is that right? I
3: think that's what we decided earlier in the in the conversation. Yeah, was that yep. you're going to mark it as submitted when you're finished in the in the cost in the online cost module, and in addition, there's a summary called the eBomb that we're going to be using this year that exports it into an, ex- it exports, I don't know how you would say it. It's a summary, right? In a summary of the bill of materials into a special template. And then you turn in that template in the report and document area like you did the cost report before. Now, yes, it is an Excel template, but it's not anything like what we had before. It's not a million tabs. There's no macros to break it. It's just, and it's cut and paste. We generate all the info for you. You take the template, you cut the info out of the webpage, you paste it in the template, and you turn it in. Like, bam, bam, done.
0: Uh, and yeah, and that, that's mostly just to give you some background. That's for us to be able to uh, kind of have some backup because we're doing this for the first time this year.
3: It allows you guys multiple ways to view the data. Uh, the, the, the analysis tools for the online system are evolving and are being built uh, and you want you have some of your old tools that used to use Excel. There's the possibility that, you, that there's some good stuff in there and you guys can reuse those. That, so this year as the transition, you guys are asking for it to be exported in this new eBOM format. It's not the old file. Don't use the old file at all. It won't work. And the online system, if you build your car in it, is going to Generate all the information for you to put into that file, and then all you have to do is turn it in. So there are it, there are two ways to turn it in. Just this year, well,
0: right now, there are two um, ways to turn it in. You, you you do you will have to submit it through the the cost module, which, uh, as Mike said, is really just going to be as simple as as marking yourself done and. Uh, indicating that that's complete. Uh, And then the the second step that uh, we need you to do for this year, at least uh, we'll reevaluate it potentially going forward, is to uh, export that Excel file and then upload it through the normal system that you used in the past for Excel files, only as Mike said, it's not going to be something you generate other than using the the website to generate that, submit that upwards so that we we have access to that and we can see it in multiple ways.
3: Right, and it's it's a new type of file. It's uh it's not the old file that you're generating. It's a uh, it's a special eBOM template. And so just to
0: reiterate what Mike said, please do not use the templates from the previous years. Uh, we will not be regenerating that template. Uh, I hope to that no one ever has to look at that template. <laughs> and, I,
1: and I guess one of the new cool things about the system is also with the old Excel document, there was really no good way for the teams for you guys to know, hey, I made a mistake here, or it's going to cause a problem um, for whatever reason. Now in the new system, there will be some checks that you'll be able to run as a team before you submit it to flag, hey, there's zero cost here for this part that I named. Well, maybe it, maybe it is a zero cost, or let me go back and check it. So there's you're going to have, the teams are yourselves, you're going to have some internal checks you can do before you even submit it, the cost report to us to see it, so you know you'll have a greater chance of having a good one and the one that we won't have issues with uh, at the competition.
0: Yeah, i think that's a maybe somewhat in response to a lot of uh, a lot of teams who have asked hey can you have some feedback loop so when we submit it we know that it's okay Uh, not very easy uh, for us to provide in in years past this is uh, your ability to 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 be able to check that and you know that that's you know it's ready it's good Uh, like alex mentioned you can do a few things on your own to, to make sure not only it's submitted properly but it actually is what you wanted to submit Um, but um, most importantly it's something that is going to be usable and uh, not is isn't going to be some violation of some format like some teams have experienced in the past Uh, another thing that we should also bring up here is you'll see on the action deadlines for each of the events that there is a cost system initial setup uh, date that is set for thursday january 18th the reason for this is uh, to try to help you uh, push to look out and find the system, start to get acquainted with the system. Uh, I will say, uh, we'll, we'll document this for you better soon uh, via the website. And Amanda will help us get this uh, communicated out, but uh, there will be a point value associated with that system set up. So it's not just a courtesy, hey, please go look at this. Uh, this is going to be, there's going to be a, a point value associated with that uh, that setup. So what we'll need you to do is basically go out, create a vehicle, and um, ask you to put in a certain uh, a certain component. And I think right now we're leaning towards engine, uh, but uh, just want you to go out there and put something into the system so that you're uh, able to. Understand how the process works so that you can start to get familiar so that, again, we're not waiting till the last couple of weeks to, to get all this stuff uh, input in the case that you have things that you want to add to the catalog. So uh, look for that date. Uh, make sure that you've got that on your calendar. Uh, you can certainly beat that date and get well ahead of it. We encourage that, too, but, but we want to make sure that everyone has at least seen the system by the that middle of January time frame so that you have lots of time to uh, get all of those things entered into the uh, by the deadline.
3: Cool. So those could be the easiest points you get all year. You know, in early January, you log in, you make a vehicle, plop an engine or whatever they ask you to do in it, basically sign your name at the top of the page and uh, turn it in. Uh, Actually, you won't have to submit it or anything, but they're going to look at it and make sure that everybody has a car with an engine in it. And free points right there. So you got into the system, you got your feet wet in it, you understand how to get around and how to select a vehicle and navigate through assemblies and systems and all that stuff, and uh, and you got the points for that. And now the better thing to do after that is, you know, don't start, don't stop there, <laughs> keep going, keep uh, going. P- get tackle some sort of simple little part of the car. You know, go do your pedal assembly or something in it, and uh, and learn how to do that. Uh, teams that don't do the minimum there are going to get penalized those points. And that's that's to force everyone to get in there and get acquainted because we won't be able to ha- adequately help you if you try to learn this brand new system
0: uh March first uh, so if you're looking for it in the last week of February, you might be in trouble uh one actually one other thing that that's uh didn't think about until just now and um, it's been a big point for this system is collaboration uh, one benefit is that that you didn't have in the excel file uh prior and, and it was, was explicitly uh, prohibited was because you couldn't share, if you shared the Excel file, uh, it actually corrupted that file. And so some teams had some unfortunate, uh, I know we put uh, some some instructions in the, in the template to I explicitly don't do things like convert it to Google so that everybody can get to it or to share the file so that everybody can get to it concurrently. This is actually a great benefit of the system is that multiple people can log in and can make changes to their particular system that they're working on. And so the, the drivetrain lead can go in and put his cost in and the suspension lead can go and put his or her cost in and and everybody can work on, on the whole BOM at the same time without worrying about corrupting a file. So uh, that's a nice collaboration tool so not everybody has to be managing this one file that gets tossed around in different versions perhaps. I'm
3: glad you mentioned that Moody, that's a big win. I know a lot of people have wanted to say, you know, the cost report's a lot of work. Is there any way we can spread it out? Yeah. Now you can't. And I know everybody, yourself, uh, yeah. as a result
0: of kind of that restriction, usually the cost report falls, at least in terms of management, down to one person. But this, this helps uh, multiple people get it get in on the action. Because I know everybody is always uh, itching to, to start working on that cost report. So you have an opportunity to jump on it uh, uh, at will, whenever you like.
2: So we've talked about the philosophy here. We've talked a little bit about the logistics. Can we get into some nuts and bolts with an example of how this is broken down in the new system using the the global catalog?
1: To give you guys an example, um, there's the, say, say, using your suspension, there's the, uh, you, you would have, say, you could say the front and the rear, or you could even do, uh, you could break the. Under the system, you could break the assemblies even to a different level if you wanted to. Like, oh, my A-arms are all going to be here and my shocks are going to be here. Um, It's really up to you on that level. But an example that I sort of just laid out would be, say, you had your suspension and then you would have, say, the front of the car. So then inside that front, underneath that front suspension section, you would have your A-arms listed, your shocks, uprights, and in that same level that your A-arms are in and your shocks are in, that's where also your assembly process time would go. So it takes us two minutes to put the front A-arm on and then the fasteners that it takes to put that on as well. So inside that sort of front section, you would put both the parts um, and the assembly process and the fasteners and any sort of raw material you might have as well at that level, you could put it in there. And then when you get down into sort of the fabricated part itself, you would think about like an A-arm. It's made up of the steel, and typically you might have a a bend process, a cut process, and some welding. Um, All that would go underneath that actual A-arm, where you could pick that material out in the material section, start with your raw material, and then go down to your process section. You can say, okay, for example, with the lasers now, we cut 200 centimeters out of the steel. So then you put that in there, and it would charge you for the laser time to cut 200 millimeters and then we put, you know, 20 millimeters or 20 centimeters of weld, then you would put that in there. So it really, it really will structure it in a way that I think makes sense when you get in there. And as I said at the top, this is the way that, that I do it at my job day in and day out. This is the exact same format I follow. So you're going to see the industry relevance in this as well. And so it, it will click, it clicks pretty quick. Um, but there's, if there are questions, obviously don't hesitate to ask us. Now, when you get to a shock that you purchased from Fox, for example, you can put the shock as the part. And then inside that part, you would then go down and under the material section, you would go into the catalog and you can search for Fox shocks. Okay, there's my Fox shock. Pick it and just put it in there. And that's all you would necessarily have to have at the shock level um, for that part. And then that would all reference up to the top level, um, and then you can put quantities in there at the various levels, so you have two a arms or two shocks, however, you guys want to divvy that up um, that way it will multiply everything out correctly. One thing that you
3: could mention is the new system, like you said, there's a vehicle, and then underneath the vehicle there are systems and and the systems are set where Baja is going to decide what the Baja systems are, and there'll be things like engine and uh, uh, braking and all that kind of stuff. And underneath the system, you get to choose how you want to organize it. The next level down is the assemblies. You could have an assembly for your front right, a arms, or you could have assembly for the entire front suspension, or you could have an assembly. It's, it's your call, how you want to model it. And then one more level down, you can make your parts. So maybe the, uh, the uprights or a, a particular part that you, that you designed or you made, and maybe you went and bought them. So you can go pull it out of the material catalog, say we bought these uprights, or you can design them yourself and build them based on the material and the time and all the other stuff that we talked about. So uh, the system uh, allows you to do that either way you want, anywhere throughout the vehicle. So I, I think it's a really good fit.
2: So we talked a couple times about what students will be actually submitting this year, and I want to get a very clear statement from the cost teams There are several stages to the cost process, all the way from submitting your cost document and your receipts in the past to submitting your adjustment form on-site. So what does that look like in 2018 for teams?
0: That's a really good question. Um, However, for this year, I think that the teams can expect something similar. I know this is probably a very frequently asked question. but uh, given the scope of everything else we're changing right now, um, we do want to improve uh, how the cost auditing process works. Honestly, we want to, I would, my ideal world is that we could audit everyone that just like a design report uh, or a design presentation uh, time slot that you pick up, that you pick up your cost audit uh, slot and that we see everyone. Um, that however is not something we're going to try to tackle for this coming year Uh, we're going to see how this new system affects our audit process Uh, we may have some opportunities for improvement but in terms of the process that the teams see uh, i would not uh, tell anyone to expect anything different than what they've seen uh, for this year you uh, you may get some different kinds of questions during the cost audit process um, but uh, largely you will see uh, you see something that looks very similar to, to what you've seen in the past uh, with the expectation that we will use our experiences this year to uh, to help us to benefit the cost audit process in the future.
2: So what are we looking at for a timeline on getting this launch, getting this into the hands of most teams? Uh,
0: excellent question. We are currently um, getting close to rolling out a, a pilot program uh, or a beta uh, testing we have a few teams that are are helping us out with that, that are willing to do some extra work uh, in uh, in helping us to evaluate this in an early manner. Uh, Then, uh, based on the results of that and some feedback and and, uh, further uh, fortifying this global catalog uh, and and making it more prepared for the the broader team base to to be able to see, uh, we're looking to have this in your hands uh, no later than Christmas break of this year. So, uh, want to make sure that the teams have have something at least in a similar time frame, if not better than what you've had the template in the past. So, we'll uh, we'll try to roll that out for you uh, no later than that, that time, depending on the changes and that beta program and how that goes. Um, we may be able to get it out sooner, but uh, but uh, I would say mark your calendars for for Christmas break uh, to to start to to get your cost reports uh, populated.
2: If teams have questions about the cost module as it's rolling out, how should they handle those?
0: So the the best place uh, there, there's a couple places to get information about this process. Uh, the first is going to be the uh, there's a website, and actually, if you go to the rules, uh, we have a link in the rules to a a web page that will. We're gonna be updating information, especially as we roll out this beta and we, we start to finalize a lot of the aspects of this. Um, you can look to that page to get a lot of the uh, details as we as we finalize those and, and publish them out. That's uh, BajaSAE.net slash go, G-O slash cost. Um, but again, you can find that link in the rules. Uh, kind of use that as a placeholder for now for, for you to be able to go and find that. So keep, keep, uh, an eye on that. Uh, and like I said, especially as we get through this pilot and get closer through uh, the beginning of December and you'll find some details there. Uh, if you have a question, like we talked about before about some material that you may or may not see in the, in the, uh, global uh, catalog, then obviously, as we mentioned before, you'll learn, you'll want to, Go to the Add Item Request, so that's another place where you can get information or, or start a, a dialogue there. And then the uh, the final place that it, it, if you don't have the information in the website and it's not an Add Item Request, uh, the Rules Question and Answer process that everyone I think is pretty used to is going to be a good place. Uh, so look for that on CDS Web uh, on uh, BahaISAE.net and you can ask a question. There are related to cost just as you would for any other rules and uh, be sure to check the FAQ uh, uh, before you submit your question to see if maybe someone's asked it and we've published uh, something out there for you to to address some of the common issues so those are probably the three places that, that uh, I would check in that particular order uh, for any questions or concerns that you have about the process and just uh, bear with us uh, uh, have some patience with us here through the end of the year so that we uh, can get a lot of this stuff hashed out uh, during our trial process. And uh, that way you uh, are not answer asking questions at least between now and the beginning of December that we may actually not have the answer to ourselves yet. So uh, gotta be patient with us between now and December.
2: Awesome. Sounds great. I think teams are going to be really happy with the the changes that we've made, how easy it is to use. I know it sounds a little, um, at this point, we've done a lot of talking. We've given you guys a lot of details, but once you get in there and see the way it works, I think it's going to be really a familiar process for you. you know, similar to a a shopping cart style website. And I just want to take a minute to thank all of you guys who have worked so hard on making this happen. Um, this was a big change for us. We, uh, talked a lot about it internally at SAE and deciding when we were going to launch this for the Baja series. And we decided this was the year. So um, hopefully teams will continue, uh, and I have no doubt that they will, uh, providing us their feedback both now and um, through this process, as well as in the final surveys for the end of the year. Uh, You guys know that we read those and we take them very seriously. This will be one that you'll have some specific questions about and I, uh, I know everyone on this podcast will be looking forward to hearing what you, you have to share. So thanks again, guys. And teams, you can look for those links that are coming out. Um, we'll be posting them on the show notes as well as on social media as they start to roll out.
0: Thanks for listening to Baja SAE Shop Talk. As always, we want to hear from you. So email SAE at sae.org the show notes for this episode as well as all others can be found at www.bajasae.net slash podcast stay safe and we'll catch you next episode